What's up, everybody? We've got Ryan Wall on the podcast today, and he is a rising star in this industry. He was a blast to talk to. He talks a little bit about education for homeowners, which he is really big on. And I do think that's kind of the future of home inspections and home inspectors with what they can provide to their clients. Um, he also talks about interacting with agents, how he slides into those DMs on social media. Um, but he also talks about recommended contractors. This is the growing trend, something that's being talked a lot about in the industry in terms of the home inspector connecting the home buyer to trusted contractors and providers. So this is only going to get bigger. I see this as kind of the next big wave kind of in this industry. And if you're a young home inspector, this is one to watch because he is all about the youth movement in terms of his company and where he sees the industry going. Um, and he's all about getting young folks into the business of home inspecting because we are possibly facing a shortage in the future of home inspectors. So if you're young or thinking about it or in the trades, this would be a great episode for you to get in the mind of someone who's in the business and really making things happen. So enjoy the conversation with Ryan Wall. Thanks for being on the pod, brother. Um, how you doing? Doing good. It is a uh, the weirdest time of the year, as always. It's uh, <laughs> there. There's weeks where it's like, oh no, this is the end, and then there's weeks for some reason, like this week, uh, it was like we're scrambling to fit things into the schedule, which is, which is great. Um, it's just weird, right? It's a weird time of year to buy and sell and depending on who you ask, like this is when agents are on vacation and other ones are taking advantage of the time. So um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, but it's good. Uh, I had an inspection booked last night online through Spectora, which is the best um, at like nine o'clock at night. We were there nine o'clock this morning, knocking it out. So it was awesome. Wow. Be able to fill in like that one last spot. What do you make of kind of the up and down roller coaster kind of market? What do you, what do you attribute it to? So I would say what we've seen and and again, just personal experience in this market, Tampa's a pretty booming market pretty consistently, yeah. just given it's a you know vacation destination kind of place. Um, what we see is pretty consistently like our heavy hitting realtors are typically the more seasoned agents, and they will go really heavy through the spring, through the summer, a little bit into the fall. Um, and then after that, it kind of tapers down and we start seeing a lot of the new agents come out of the woodwork, like first couple deals, um, naturally just like younger agents. Interesting. Trying to like grab that market share when some of the more seasoned agents are all on vacation. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. We, um, uh, see a lot of cool trends and, and we try to track them best we can, but well, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit with our story, but we are very intentional with going after, I say going after capturing, engaging with mm -hmm. um, younger agents and uh, and just seeing where the, that those relationships go. So um, yeah, they fill in the gaps in the slow times for sure. And it's, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. And every time mortgage rates tick down closer to like seven, I'm like, yes, okay. We will see a surge. We'll see, you know, we'll exactly. see. Yeah. You start seeing the book. same Instagram post be shared and it's just like, that's the one for the next week. I'm just going to see that on my room <laughs> all day long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's get into that exactly because of yeah. the, the, the youth movement is there's not a ton of, of young folks in our industry. We'll do, we can just say that up front. You guys have a little bit of a unique kind of story and culture. So let's, let me, if you would, wouldn't mind sharing kind of how you got into the business and then how yeah. you kind of see youth in the trades like home inspecting. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I grew up on a farm in Canada, uh, in the middle of nowhere, right on top of Lake Erie, like two hours from Buffalo, two hours from Detroit. Um, so kind of in the middle of nowhere. And that was, you know, my family's been into agriculture, uh, their entire lives. Um, so very much involved in just like working with my hands in any capacity. And, um, as you know, that business grew, uh, got to like, have the opportunity to do everything from like helping build barns to like, you know, outfit offices and, and that kind of thing. So I was like, okay, I, I like working with my hands. I like building structures, understanding building science. Um, so when I went away to college, I actually went down to Virginia for college. Um, I decided to minor in carpentry and project management, which was done at a, like a local trade school. So three, two or three times a week, every night, we all get on a bus, like me and three, four other guys um, who like had a similar background and they just like bus us 30 minutes down the road to Virginia Technical Institute, which is like this little trade school in the middle of nowhere. Um, and did that for about, I think there was two years of night classes and it counted towards my minor, which was awesome. Um, but also got introduced to the world of like real, like the real trade world. Um, because when we got there for those night classes, all of like the plumbers and the electricians were also rolling through because they just got off the job site and they were there to either, you know, get their next certification or um, whatever it was. So yeah, there was, there was a group of us who were there very specifically to learn like project management and stuff through the college. Um, but we were like passing the real trade pros in the hall. Um, and, you know, we, we were, you know, college kids. And so we were, you know, in our, in our nice sweaters and polos and, you know, khakis walking through the hall and these guys had just rolled off job sites and they were like in it, like doing it for yeah. real. Um, and so got to like make a bunch of really good relationships there. Um, got to be really close with the Dean of the, of the trade school. Um, and because I was, uh, you know, Canadian in college, in States, uh, in the States for college, um, there was lots of just like times where I couldn't really go home between like semesters mm. kind of thing. Right. Uh, so he would like have me over when the place was dead and be like, Hey, we need to like, you know, fix up this portion of the building. Or there's like an old site trailer outside that we're trying to like fix up and sell. Do you want to just like help us? <laughs> uh, so I got to like work with a lot of the instructors, um, and just like learn a lot more than you could ever learn in the classroom, which is really, really cool. And I've been back a few times and got to go like hang out at the Dean's like lake house and like go over for dinner with them and stuff. So um, he was a really cool guy and really got me fired up about like the trades, um, getting young people into the trades and, and realizing where the industry is headed and like how many people are retiring and um, where the opportunity is there. So that's kind of what really got me fired up to, uh, to kind of be in the trades, understand the trades, work alongside them a lot more and um, not take it all, not take it all for granted. Um, so that was like my original introduction into construction, residential construction, commercial all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I got a really cool opportunity out of, uh, so back up one more step after college, the plan was to go back to Canada, back to the farm, um, ended up, I, I met my wife, my senior year of college, we got married right after, um, and she got an opportunity to come down and uh, coach lacrosse in Clearwater because she had played uh, division one in college, which is really oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. So she had an opportunity to come down to coach for like a private high school. Um, and it was, it was an awesome opportunity, but it didn't make sense as a like standalone full-time job. It was like, Hey, this is a supplemental gig. If you guys are already going to be in the area. 
Um, so we just made the decision to come on down. It was like, well, what do I have to lose? Uh, I was, I did a brief stint in uh, foundation concrete pours up in Canada um, just to earn some money after college. So I was like, well, I can do this in Canada. I can just come down and do it in Florida. And I learned really quickly, I did not want to be in the trades in Florida in the middle of August. Um, I, I got into mold remediation right when I got down here, actually. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Again, got to work with like a lot of really cool people who really knew what they were doing in a very um, uh, like needed industry. Like all the moisture and humidity down here just leads to intense mold problems. Uh, but when you're hanging sheetrock in like 95 degree, you know, weather with 100% humidity, given you are in a mansion on Clearwater Beach, but like the AC isn't on, so it's you're not enjoying it. I was like, all right, I, I, I can't do this forever. Maybe I'm a little too soft for this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did that for a year. Um, and again, just enjoyed it so much. Ended up actually moving into like some custom cabinetry making and got to work as an apprentice with like, when you think of an old school carpenter, like a true tradesman, like we were building custom cabinetry in a warehouse. <laughs> um, I got to learn so much from him, um, got to see some really cool houses, learn how to like interact with high-end clients. Mm. Um, we weren't throwing Home Depot contractor grade cabinets in a $200,000 you know, house. You're building custom cabinetry for you know, a million to $5 million home. Right. And you really learn about like, hey, how do you work with, with this level of clientele? You end up working with like a different, um, a different class of trades almost, where it's like, hey, these people specialize in in this sector of housing and, and clientele. So learned a lot about like how to how to run a business and how to um, interact with with different levels of clientele. So um, yeah, at at that point, uh, it was uh, I, I got out of I got out of the the cabinetry stuff because I got an opportunity to go work for a big housing fund. Um, and uh, it was a kind of a remote position. The headquarters were in Austin, Texas, but they were buying like tens of thousands of homes across the US. Um, and they were looking to basically create like a, a direct to consumer retail brand along the lines of like kind of what Open Door does, mm -hmm. but more like high end homes. Like we're talking like four or $500,000 homes and up. Um, and Tampa was one of the five markets they were doing it in. So they were doing it in like Nashville and Dallas and, and Tampa, Charlotte and the and one or two others. Um, and yeah, I got, uh, I got headhunted off of LinkedIn, which was a weird, like, I was like, <laughs> this doesn't happen. This is a right. scam. Like, <laughs> but, but for some reason I was like, Hey, let's see where it goes. Um, and that led to a little over two years of, of being like a project manager in the Tampa area oh, cool. um, for this housing fund, which was really cool because the position originally was like, Hey, you're going to be the guy who puts the for sale sign in the yard does like the QH check at the end of the renovation before we sell it and is like the point of contact for this. Like, it was weird. We were like offering warranties on used homes mm. based on the renovation we did. So um, is QH was, like, like quality assurance? Like, exactly. Q, like okay. yeah. yeah. So um, it was a very like customer facing role. Um, and again, got to like meet a bunch of new, uh, contacts in the trade world and project management and property management, um, and all of that. And, and it was awesome. I absolutely loved it. I met some of like my best friends there 
who had my role in the other markets. Um, and we followed each other around through the years to like different housing funds and um, and things like that. And, and we still keep in touch. And so th that was really cool because got to see like the corporate side of the housing world. Up until then, it was right. like you're working for Johnny Homeowner. And like even maybe if it was like rich Johnny Homeowner, like it was still a homeowner and it was yeah. you know, one person. Uh, but got to see like the corporate side of iBuyers and, and housing funds and all of that. Um, so that was, that was really cool. And that's, that's kind of what sparked, I think the like entrepreneurship part of, part of my mind is like, there's something bigger here than just, uh, just these individual jobs. There's, there's a whole market here and a world to explore. And so, uh, really, really enjoyed getting, getting into that. Um, and that was also kind of my first introduction into home inspections because we would hire a local home inspector to come and do basically pre-listing inspections on all these properties that we were flipping. Um, so uh, part of my job again was like, not only to meet the inspector out there and like listen to what he had to say, but also review the reports, help our, um, our dispositions team. So like we had local agents here who were actually listing these properties, mm -hmm. got to kind of help them like match up, hey, you should say this in the list in the description, you shouldn't say this based on the results of the inspection report. So, um, that that was kind of cool. Got to see, you know, what the the home inspection world looked like, and I was like, I, I want to do this in some capacity. I want to like help people. Like it's it's a, you know, a seemingly like quick part of the transaction. So it seems like something that could scale, uh, but at the same time is like it's still pretty personal, and you get to make a lot of good relationships. The the part I didn't like um, was the the software that that inspector was using was just rough, um, and it just felt like. You know, I, I even and, and I will never drop names of of other companies or anything, but like even those reports built by certain software that I see today are like there's just been no improvement. And I like as a home inspector, I find it hard to understand what's being called out as a defect and what's just like an informational comment. Um, and so I was like, if I'm confused as at the time, you know, I was, I was like 26, 27 years old. I was like, but I'm like a construction manager, right? I was like in the world of project management and, and renovations. So I was like, if I don't understand this, like how is a homeowner going to understand it? How is an agent going to understand it? Um, so I was like, okay, like I really like this, but uh, I, I just hated the report side of it. Right. Um, and then the last kind of piece of the puzzle before I, I opened this company um, was my wife and I got an opportunity to move to Austin, Texas to go work for a home insurance company. So um, I, I had met a gentleman through some mutual connections who had basically created a subscription-based homeowner maintenance service out of um, San Francisco primarily. Mm -hmm. um, and they were servicing, again, really high-end clients, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month, but they would be there to change AC filters and you know, mm -hmm. flush condensate lines and check for leaks and all that stuff. And they were in the process of getting purchased by um, a pretty well-known um, home insurance company that was based in Austin. And I joined them during that transition. The idea was the, the homeowner insurance company wanted a division that could help reduce loss ratio. Right. Um, so if you can educate a homeowner on how to like change your AC filter the chances of them calling with a claim saying their AC overworked and busted and leaked down. Uh, significantly less, right? So again, like eyes wide open to, holy cow, like changing an AC filter, yeah, is great advice. And I've told somebody that a hundred times, 
But when you scale that and apply it to like what it means to a home insurance company, like hmm. we're talking millions of dollars in in loss ratio. And so it's like, wow, there's there's something here. And um, the the folks that I worked with there just opened my eyes to like, you don't even have to be in the construction world to like see the opportunity that lies within like home maintenance, you know, homeowner education, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so I was there for a bit. Unfortunately, the month we had moved to Austin was um, was March of 2020, 2020, I believe. So like the month the world shut down. Yes. Um, so <laughs> we had uh... from Tampa. Thankfully, we kept our home here in Tampa. <sighs> Uh, but we had relocated there and like we're renting a house. I went into the office for one day, got my laptop and they said, all right, sit on the couch in a couple of weeks. We'll be back nine months later. I'm still sitting on the couch, like some days, literally with nothing to do. Um, and so I was like, all right, I have a feeling we're going back to Tampa. Now's the time to like invest in what's next. Yeah. So I did my um, uh, home inspector training through Internachi. Um, oh. Everything virtual at the time. So I didn't have any option. So there was, I, I just two, three months of just like grinding it out daily, just going through the course. Thankfully, because of my background, I was like, this is a lot of this is common sense. I was learning a ton, um, but I was able to get through it probably a little quicker than somebody who didn't have a lot of that experience prior. Um, and then, yeah, started, officially started the company that, uh, that November, we ended up moving back to Tampa. Um, went and worked for another housing fund that was a lot more like remote friendly. So I could like work during the day and still do an inspection in the evening. Um, and uh, yeah, I did, we did our first, uh, our first paid inspection, January 1st of 2021 okay. or January, sorry, January 5th of 2021. It was a roof certification for a gentleman, like two hours North of me. I guarantee you, I gave him the bat, the wrong advice, but he needed to get the job. How'd you, um, how did I, I believe it was straight from Google because there, okay. no, there was no connection there. Um, I was really intentional about setting up like our website, our Google sure. My Business page ahead of time before I ever said I'm in business. Smart. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm 99% sure that's where I got the first job. Um, and then from there, you know, I did like four inspections my first month, eight the next, 16 the next. And, and by September of the next year, I had hired my first guy. So that's uh I'll pause there because there's a lot going on, but like um that's how I kind of got into the industry. And uh yeah, I mean it's been it's been a rocket ship since then, but it's a lot of fun. Oh man, thanks thanks for stepping through all that. It's an amazing journey. Um, I have so many questions. So for one, do you think is is the iBuyer company still around that you went and worked for for they, a short They time? are, yeah. They um so the the first one that I worked for that that I talked about initially. They are very um, renter, like are uh, like renter portfolio heavy. Okay. So they are still one of the top like corporate landlords in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and that side of the business is their like bread and butter. The uh, the direct to consumer portion that I worked for kind of shut down for a year or so, and then kind of came back to life in a few other markets. So not Tampa. Um, in just like a different way, just a different housing stock and things like that. So yeah. I see their trucks around from time to time and, you know, Hey, got my start there, but yeah, uh, yeah. It, it didn't take off. Like, like we all would have hoped at the time, which is disappointing, but kind of led me to where I am. You know, and, and Zillow getting out of the game and kind of the open door, you know, yep. 
not becoming maybe what we thought it would like the, the interest rate music had to stop at some point in terms of um, higher rates. And so it's like, I was just curious of, the, of what you you thought the future of iBuyers is, is going to look like if at all, you know, if there is a, a big future. Yeah, there's, um, I, I think there's, so, there's something there, there has to be, and there's always going to be kind of the need for it. We do, we do a lot of work in in our business now through Inspectify doing um, like rent readies and uh, you know, move out inspections. We do lockbox installs, like all that niche little weird stuff. That's great. Like schedule fillers and that kind of stuff. So um, I have a really good relationship with Josh over at um, Inspectify and um, actually helped him when they were initially building their inspection app. I helped him with a lot of like the content for the, the deficiencies and things like that. So um, that was also like kind of like a piece of the puzzle that really got me interested in home inspections. Um, and so, yeah, we, I, you know, we see a ton of iBuyer uh, like movement through Inspectify just based on their model and, and who they're representing as their clients and things like that. So um, yeah, we see, we see a lot of that stuff, draw inspections, all that kind of stuff. Sure. I want to go back to the, when you mentioned the reporting and not for self-interested yeah. reasons, not, not to toot Spectora's horn at all, but to more have the conversation around the the inspector typically deals in the template. They write the report. They're usually not consuming a home inspection report, right? So naturally our industry has never been very good at thinking about the realtor and the home buyer's experience, yeah. like you, classic user experience, right? We're a tech company. Yeah. So obviously we nerd out about this stuff, but like, give me your kind of like, is it your, is it the youth? Is it your unique experiences that led you to think about, Hey, how does the consumer, how does the home buyer consume my work and in report and why that's important? Because I, I don't, I don't think our inspectors think about that a ton in, as a whole, as a group. Yeah. Yeah, no, very true. And like, as I'm sure you see too, even on like the Spectora Facebook page, right? Like the questions that get asked about like, how do you configure things within the report? I always find it very interesting. It's like, you know, hey, that little setting like actually means a lot, depending on your business model and how you want to present your report. And so when you see people like discovering this, you're like, okay, people, that guy probably just viewed his own report, right? And it's like, oh, no, <laughs> I just thought that. And I've done it a thousand times. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of that comes from, um, again, one of these like these big housing funds I was working for, a big part of my job was cost analysis when they were buying portfolios. Mm -hmm. So I was reviewing like thousands of home inspection reports. So yeah. I saw every software out there right. and we weren't going through them in detail, but like at least skimming them. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I saw just a lot of text and I was like, Ugh, like, this is rough, right? Just text everywhere. Photos like at the, on the bottom page that were like, see reference 3.2.7. And it was like, Oh no, I got to like go back up to read about it <laughs> back down to see the issues. So, um, there, there were, you know, aspects of that that were just like, oh, this is frustrating. I don't like that. Um, but, you know, overall, I would say, I would say my youth has something to do with it. I, I spend a lot of time, like, understanding or at least trying to understand, like, how these programs work and, like, how to customize software. And, um, you know, I, I love something that's very customizable and being able to say, like, I don't like how that looks. And maybe that's just a preference. But, like, if I have the opportunity, I want to make it look the way I want it to look. Uh, and so a lot of that was in, in those that couple month runway I had between when we formed the company in like late September of, of 2020 to like that first inspection in January of 2021. 
um, the amount of times I went through every single setting in Spectora and I was like, what does this do? What does that do? What does this do? Uh, and, and just like seeing that output. Um, and, and I'll say like one of the things I find the most joy in even today, three years later, is customizing our templates. Like I love it. And every time I'm on a job, I'm like, I don't like either the efficiency that I just experienced using my own template or like I review them all before I send them out. And I'm like, I don't like how that came out. I feel like the customer would have to click in a place that was like unnatural to find something that I think is actually really important. So um, I keep like a running list on my notes app of just like Spectora like tweaks. Uh, and we're just like constantly in there. Our, our team gets together at least once a month and talks about you know, hey, what's one thing that we felt like we did a disservice based on our template or our settings or mm. actions or like our emails, anything that could be better. And then I sit down for a day and just like go through everything again. Well, for one, I'm going to connect you to our product team because it sounds like you might have some gems for us. So it's like, we can just get that out of the way right now. I love now. it. I'm, I'm all over canny. I'm all yeah, over like the, the bubble with little like nuggets of like, hey, like I know this is already planned, but like I, I see this. So yeah, I love it. Do you actively position and market the report experience to agents and clients? Because let me give you context. I believe a small percentage of our user base actually uses it for marketing ammunition. And like the ones that do, I have heard pretty insane results in their market. They're like, oh yeah, a couple of the guys use Spectora, but they don't talk about A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I do, and I'm winning. Yeah, so I, I would say not as much as I should or I want, um, especially with the some of the tools like the repair builder, mm-hmm. like the request builder. Um, I've I've actually done it on behalf of an agent before, like a new agent who was like, I really don't know how to like write up some of these things on my addendum. So I like just went in and like created it and emailed it over to them. I'm like, copy and paste what I wrote into your official addendum, but like this is a really cool tool. Um, and that agent will still use that tool today, which is great. Uh, but it's we don't use it to market probably as much as we should. I will say a piece of uh, a piece of Spectora that we do market um, more than anything else that our agents love is the recommended contractors, um, and our contractors love them too. I was actually just like yeah. Instagram DMing our preferred handyman last night, who's like a total rock star. And like, I was like scrolling and I saw, I was like, I swear I've inspected that house before. And I messaged him and I'm like, is this so-and-so address? He's like, yeah, man, your client reached out. It's like the 10th one this month where like, they just say, hey, you were on my home inspection report. And like, that's all the contractor knows about the experience, but it's work in their pockets. So they really, you know, they love it. They don't care how it happens. They're just like, great, my name's out there. And then you find out later, it's like, oh yeah, these agents like look forward to the bottom of the report, almost like, hey, I hope there's a category issue on this report that I haven't had because I know Ryan's going to have a, like a contractor who I don't know on here that I can add to my list. So that's great. Yeah. So that the improvements with the, with the recommended contractors that Josh has been um, making with you guys has been like absolutely awesome. And I, I know there's still a laundry list there that's either like in progress or like on the roadmap. Um, but the, it's it's been awesome to to be able to like actually say, hey, there's going to be a list of people at the bottom of your report. In every one of them, I've either had work on my own house or I've worked alongside of. And so they're not just people who are paying to be there, which is, you know, the fear in the industry today is that somebody just paid to be on my list. So sure. let's, let's riff on that for a second, because, you know, that was built 
you know, this is a couple years in the making, maybe five or yeah. six, because my background worked at Home Advisor before, understood kind of the lead gen world, and yeah. and then being a realtor, and then being with Spectora, just learning that the home buyer often asks more of the home inspector, sometimes the realtor, yeah. and we're at a point in time, I believe, where the door's wide open for companies and home inspectors to add more value and connect the dots more to help homeowners. And I think it's such a value add, which is why we built it. But um, I do believe we're in the early innings of kind of a sea change because especially if the buyer's agent kind of, if that role changes a little with the NAR suit and who knows what'll come from that. I think it, I think the home inspector, it's a, it's like a time to shine for the home inspector. So I don't know if you want to riff on kind of like all the areas you see your company adding value to the home buyer. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, there's, there's a hundred ideas in my mind, in my <laughs> notes app, um, you know, where I've been thinking over the year, like one, one of my goals for 2024 is to get my general contractor's license here in Florida. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, one for just for me personally, it's a goal, it's a professional goal. And it's like, okay, how can I use this, um, you know, to help my business as well? Uh, there's, you know, there's, there's a company that I don't even know how I found them on LinkedIn, like four or five years ago, called like inspection resolution, general contractors. I think they're out of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's such a great business model. It's like you exist to help the real estate transaction, like on either side. Right. Beautiful. And there's, um, there's certainly like the conflict of interest conversation about like working on homes that you've inspected, but there's such a big opportunity to like when, when agents aren't working with us as the buyer's agents, they're selling homes. Right. And when, when they get an inspection report back and they're like, I've got to make this repair, my seller has to make this repair, like, who do they call? And a lot of times, like, they call us being like, do you know who I can call? Or can you, like, help me decipher this other home inspector's, like, request for repair kind of thing? Um, so I'm like, okay, how can we, like, get into that space and be like, actually, I can do it. I'm, I'm licensed to do that. Let me yeah. make that repair for you. Um, in a way that, you know, it is not a conflict of interest. And so I, I, I look at that and I say, okay, how does that fit with this like recommended contractors world? Um, you know, is that something where it's like, you know, I could be involved in like other Spectora users recommended contractor list and, um, you know, even on our own in some capacity. Uh, but what I have found, and I would say like, this is, this is just feedback more than anything, um, is the experience where you have either older contractors who are not like as tech friendly, um, or you have uh, uh, businesses that are a little bigger and there's like multiple steps to call in and get a plumber out to your house. Um, that, that email that gets sent by clicking like get a quote from Spectora oftentimes gets missed. Mm. Um, or just like, you know, either ends up in their spam or they're like, what's this? Like, you know, they don't remember the interaction that like I had with the company owner at one point saying, hey, I'd love to send you some work since you've done so many things, good things for us. Um, so, you know, I maybe I don't have as many solutions as I have like questions there, but would love to see like something in terms of like even like a vendor portal where it's like, you know, I can say like, hey, like here's your contact info. Any of my clients who need work done, like you'll get an alert, but also like you've got this nice little portal there where you can see the active jobs and, sure. uh, you know, re reach out to us easier for context and for, you know, if you're like, Hey, I just got this request. I see the deficiency says this before we go out. Can you give us a little more context? Cause we're the ones who saw it originally. So, um, 
maybe there's some opportunity there, but I, I really see like the partnership between home inspectors and, and the trades to be, um, you know, uh, something that's going to be much more significant in the future. Um, cause it's always nice for us too, to know that our recommended contractors are going out because they're much less likely to throw us under the bus with a little comment about like, how did your home inspector miss this and that? Right. Yeah. We, the age old comment, you know, it's been happening yeah. for 50 years of, uh, you know, when there's yeah. no relationship, <laughs> They exactly. all want to blame someone. And I, and it's the, it's the phrase we all hate the most. <laughs> we, we had a, uh, we, we had a, uh, a, a big home that we did recently. And, uh, after a home closed, the homeowner was getting some HVAC work done and nothing, nothing to address any problems. It was like a, Hey, I want to add X, Y, and Z to this sure. house. Um, and you know, the, the HVAC contractor came back with the, uh, Hey, I saw an issue with your foundation. How did your home inspector miss this? And by the time it makes its way through the buyer, the listing agent, the buyer's agent, all the way back to us, and is like, you should probably get a foundation guy to look at that first and foremost. But anyway, it's you know, it's like um, it's just that age old like you got to have those partnerships um, and you got to trust the people who are out there to, you know, not not only do a really good job, but to like know their lane to stay to stay in their lane, and you know, yeah. that's what we try to do and, and refer who's needed for different types of issues. So. Do you believe that word of mouth kind of recommendation and handoff is the most powerful kind of the most has the most staying power for contractors? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. We, when, when I call my contractors and, and the, the, my favorite part of working in this industry is the, is the connections that I've made with contractors to be able to like call my plumber. And like, I know when I pick up the phone and call and I'll, I'll drop their name experts, plumbers here in Tampa, like, I know Cassie's going to answer the phone and like, if she can't answer my question, I'm going to go talk to the owner who I've literally dug trenches with inside homes, like to run yeah. new plumbing lines. So <laughs> it's like, Hey, this may not result in a dollar of work to you, but like, I need your opinion on something that I'm seeing. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I've got a professional answer that I can go back to my client with. Um, and then they also trust that contractor when they need work done. So. Yeah. And I do believe home, like as a homeowner, I can tell you that a name I got years ago from a home inspector or another contractor, Yeah, I wrote it down somewhere. I still have it. And it, it's someone, it's kind of an impression that matters versus just Googling yeah. it, which I think yeah. like is the age old, like, Oh, just Google it. Well, trust matters. You gotta have a guy. You gotta have a guy for everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So speaking of that, I think uh very relevant when talking about the lack of people under 30, 40, even 50 in the contractor trades and the home inspector side. So talk to me a little bit about your, how you approach your company, but then also the problem that I think like is looming on the horizon when it comes to the trades. Yeah. <laughs> that I think there's some numbers we could probably dig up to really highlight this, um, like the shortage. Sure. But yeah, curious yeah. your perspective on that in general, and then we can dig in a little more. Yeah, that that home inspector that first, uh, when I was working for uh, one of those housing funds, and he was doing all our pre-listing inspections, I said he was kind of like my introduction to home inspections. He's, um, honestly, if he's not already retired, like he probably retired in the last year or so, mm -hmm. um, or at least is very close to it. Um, he's an older gentleman in his 60s, I believe. Um, and so learned a lot from him, but saw like that was my introduction to, wow, like this, this industry is aging. Um, and like, that is for the most part, like even from the younger agents now, like they'll, they'll make comments about like this, you know, it is hard to find young home inspectors. Yeah. Um, so 
it, it was it was probably an unintentional move for us originally when I hired my first guy, Jonathan, who's still with us uh, two and a half years later. Um, he was right out of college and like wasn't necessarily like, you know, he, he wasn't a contractor. His dad was a like a uh, or still is an engineer for like, I believe, like the Department of Transportation. Mm-hmm. So like, not really in residential construction or real estate in any capacity, but at least like kind of involved in the trade world a little adjacent. Bit. Yeah, some adjacent yeah, exposure. Exactly. So um, he he didn't come in with any, you know, formal knowledge or training in construction or anything, but he was just hungry. And he was like, I just want to get into this. Uh, I was introduced to him through an agent and who they were like roommates in college together. So like a young agent, he's like, hey, my, you know, reached out and said, hey, my my college roommate is like not sure what he wants to do. And like, you look like you like what you're doing. So like, are you hiring? And I'll, I'll never forget, like I was standing in a bush in front of a window trying to figure out if it was impact rated at this house on this cul-de-sac like I'll never forget it and I get this like Instagram DM from this kid and I'm like who's this kid right out of college wanting a job <laughs> uh, best decision I ever made to to text them back <laughs> that's great that's amazing he's like my highest reviewed inspector and like you know even when I say like dude chill like you're finding <laughs> so much stuff he's just I'm just at the same time I don't get callbacks at all and so I'm like you're doing it right. Like, teach me what you're doing. Um, he's actually That's done great. more inspections than I have at this point. He's more qualified. That's why I tell everybody he is. Um, Amazing. So I was like, I was like, okay. Um, you know, it, it was a, in the moment, it was like, I'm, I was still working a full-time job, even though it was remote. And I was like, I can't, I, I was doing 30 inspections a month at that point. So like mm-hmm. at least one a day and a couple on the weekends kind of thing. And I was like, I, I need to expand my availability because this isn't a hobby or this isn't like something fun anymore. This is a, it's turning into a business. So um, I hired Jonathan and um, from there, uh, I've hired a couple other folks along the way. Our team right now is me, three other inspectors and an admin. Um, right now, like I'm the oldest at 30. Everybody else is like in that like 26, 27, 28 range. Um, and um, I, I've, I've hired one or two others along the way who aren't with us anymore, um, who were older mm-hmm. and they were great inspectors. Like there was no doubt along the way that like, Hey, they're, you know, they're good at what they do. Um, but I learned that like I had built a client, a client base in my, in my agents and my reputation of my business that, you know, we're not just the inspectors who are going to show up and do a good job and find you stuff. But like, we also like, go to the same restaurants and like we see each other at like marketing events that are all the same age type people. Right. Um, and so like they get to know you and they have like expectation of like, who's going to show up to my job. It's going to be somebody I can relate to. And it's like right. in my age range and like can explain things to my buyers who are also young. And um, I found it to be like really, really important. So um, yeah, our, it, it started off unintentional. Um, and at this point is very intentional uh, about who we hire and, and their personality types and, um, you know, how well they interact just us as a team, but also with, uh, with the clientele we're going after. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky sometimes, but it's, it's been one of the best things for us. I love that. And, and I don't like relatability is underrated in our industry because I think it came from a place of, Hey, I was a carpenter. I was a plumber. I'm going yeah. to teach you the technical things about your home. It's still true, right? I think home buyers yeah. still want to learn a thing or two, but the home buying experience is very personable 
it, it's very, very human centric, like agents. Very emotional. Yeah. yeah, very emotional. So agents kind of hang their hat on that relationship. And so I think an inspection company to walk that out, it, it's no surprise you guys have had great results. So there's being intentional yeah. about that relatability. I love that. Well, a lot of it is, um, a lot of it's social media too. It's like, it, it, and I actually just had a, uh, I was on the Internachi, uh webinar series on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, talking about uh, relating to like that next generation of agents and their buyers and like what we need to be doing as home inspectors to relate. And so much of it is just like meeting your client or your ideal client where they're at. Um, and a lot of times like that, that can mean some really deep stuff and it can mean like get on Instagram. Like, what are you doing if you're not? Like, there is so much business done in the DMs of our Instagram that it's just, it's mind blowing. And uh, the, aside from like, I always say like one of the best hires I've made, like I love my inspectors, but like one of the best hires for myself and our business that I made was having like a dedicated admin who was proficient in marketing and social media. Um, And she came from working with like some MLB teams in college and like, really got like what's needed to to like interact online um and to this day like every time you work with a new agent they're like yeah i know i I see your stuff get reposted on instagram like it's like a it's like a no big deal at this point but it's like interesting like that's how you got introduced to us as you saw a mortgage lender or another agent like repost us cool amazing yeah how did you find that this gem of a hire like that sounds this sounds like an amazing hire Again, uh, she went to college with John, my my first inspector. Word of mouth, like undefeated. Exactly. We we put up the listing, and like within an hour, John calls me. He's like, uh, "I got a I got like a mutual friend who like was a bartender at a bar I went to, and like she knows this guy, and you know them, and um, you know she's looking for a job." And I'm like, "Perfect, let's do it." So amazing, amazing. Yeah. You got to slide into those DMs. I think that's where business yeah, is done, absolutely. right? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Love it. So let's get into some of these other, you know, questions that I used to ask, but you, you held me to it. So I appreciate you actually having them. So like, I want to start with the wish list item. I have a feeling it has to do with customizability. I was going to ask you earlier about, um, should Spectora allow customization of the web-based report in some way? Yeah. But what's some wish list items? Cause uh, I know you got your notes out, possibly even open there, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Definitely do. Um, yes, very much about customization. Um, I love how, like, to to kind of like start the conversation. Like, I dove deep into every major uh, inspection software before I started. I didn't start with anything else. Like, when I signed up for Spectora, it was Spectora. The first the first technical inspection we have was a mock inspection on our rental house in Austin, Texas, like it's still there and I published it so I can't delete it. So I'm like trying to exclude it from metrics all the time, but um, <laughs> we can help you with that. We can help you with that. Perfect. So it's there, which is, uh, and that's how we started. And I was like, Hey, I, I like the look of this and I like how customizable it is. Um, the Spectora advanced was like, not even a question. I think we signed up for like within the first six months, um, just being able to automate emails and um, all those extra customizations is incredible. Uh, So it's anytime I like have like a feature request or I write a note down, I'm like, there's probably a handful of other people who have thought of this as well. But like, I bet the masses aren't thinking of this kind of stuff because we're like so deep into the, (laughs) into the requests and the the customizable features at this point. But um, 
I, I would say as I kind of look forward into what we want to do in the coming years, um, I think a lot about, okay, what if I, what if I want to stretch into a related industry like pest control or, um, you know, we're, we're getting into commercial stuff. And so what does it look like to be, you know, consultants or have, you know, have a handyman business or like do these things that parallel are the, the core of what we do. Sure. Um, and uh, one of the blockers there, and again, this would, this would never block me moving forward, but one of those things where I'm like, I wish I could do this because it'd make it a little bit easier is just the ability to customize some of the language in, in the software. Um, for example, and, I, and it may be on, it may be on canny as like in progress already, but like um, the term like inspection details, that's like mm -hmm. the default button, being able to like change what that says, uh, like direct links to invoices and, um, you know, the payment screen versus just dumping people into the portal. And and I, I'm pretty sure some of that is is definitely planned. So like that's, that's the exciting stuff that I look at. Um, but yeah, thinking about like, you know, how can, how can Spectora be customized so that if I wanted to, I could use this platform for something completely uninspection un related. Yeah. Um, be able to say like, I'm going to run my pest company through Spectora, or I'm going to run my handyman company through Spectora. And the client would have no idea other than a great user experience that like, this is an inspection software. Right. So, um, you know, that's one that's always, always top of mind. And then I would say the other big, like, uh, the other big top of mind one I have is a, a much more mobile friendly, like admin product. Um, we, my, my admin does, I'd say a, a good 50% of our scheduling on her phone. Um, and like the nature of the business is that like, I want her out, like meeting agents and like doing photo shoots at listings, like, you know, to promote the listing also to like get us content. And like, so she's out doing stuff. And when that call comes in, it's like opening the browser, logging in, like switching back and forth between mm. her and and, you know, she's got her personal phone, she's got the calendar up and then she's got like the work phone, right? And, like, the scheduling. Um, and one of the things that I was always like, man, this would be a total home run is if like, it, like our admin could log into the Spectora app and just the interface look different, or even just like the same with just like different options, schedule an inspection, here's your calendar. You don't have to log in every time because the browser keeps kicking you out, like stuff like that. Um, that would be huge. Uh, I, I know like on the weekends um, or when like Katie takes some time off and I become the admin for a couple of days, I'm just like, my, my wife makes fun of me all the time. Like I'm running around with my head cut off. Like I'm on the phone, like on speakerphone, driving the car, trying to schedule inspections. And it's just like, ah, this is a little clunky, yep. but um, at the end of the day, like that is in the grand scheme of things, it's minor. But when you really start perfecting your systems and processes, uh, that's one of the things that are like, this would be a huge time saver and, and just like really feel good for, you know, quality of life, quality of work, all that kind of thing. Love it. Again, we're going to connect you to the product team. You've thought about so much of this stuff and I appreciate it. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it, it and Kenny, we, we've got it dialed in to where I, like people think like in the past, we used to have systems where it was a little tougher to track everything down and attribute yeah. it, but like we've got candy dialed into where everyone's feedback and votes matter a ton and they're looked at and it's processed yeah. and handled and it goes places. So yeah. just a PSA on that and appreciate you using it. 
absolutely. I'm in there. I was I was just in there before here, just making sure I wasn't going to say like I really want this, and then to find out that it's like planned or something <laughs> or like progress. Because I I hate to say that, but like I am in Canny all the time. All the all the rabbit holes out of like the Facebook groups where you're just like I'm pretty sure there's a candy for that, and you go look at it and tag it, and yeah. So no, an incredible product for sure to just to like be really transparent with like where things are at and um yeah it's it's really really neat right on right on um well i've we'll hit a few more of these quick hitter questions then i want to ask you about some of your future vision for some of these maybe adjacent businesses too because that's super interesting to me as kind of inspectors really growing their empire through handyman past commercial um you said you had answers to some of these though so favorite tool or toy yeah, I would say favorite tools uh, are Crawlbot. Uh, so we have the SuperDroid Crawlbot. Um, okay. I will say uh, I've learned to use it selectively because it is a great tool, but it doesn't replace human eyes. Um, however, we have a ton of really old, like 100, 110-year-old homes here in Tampa that have extremely low crawl spaces that mm. I know my competition is writing up a limitation for that I'm like, I would rather get a robot under there and miss one thing, but find 10 than to say, I don't know what's going on and get that call back later. Yeah. Um, so that is, that's been incredible having that tool. And it's, it's one of those things I talked about it in the InterNACHI webinar as well. It's like, it looks cool. People like it. Like, Sexy agents, toy. I know we'll, we'll have, um, we have agents who book and like in the notes of the request notes be like, please bring your little robot because I think it's too small. It's like, yes, <laughs> we will. Working. Bring the little robot. It's working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, they, they love it. Our, like our highest played uh, TikTok, and I'm not on TikTok. That's, that's Katie in our marketing world. So if I, if I use a phrase like our highest played, and that makes no sense in that context, <laughs> but our highest viewed played, whatever TikTok is um you know that when uh you'll see those videos of like the cats around the corner and you look away and look back and they're closer yeah, you look away yeah. and look back and they're closer we have one where we had the crawlbot under a house and there was like a cat around the corner of a pier and like we'd like move towards it and then look away and look back and the cat's closer and it's getting closer and closer oh, that's awesome. we have like some creepy music and like people loved it there was like commentary on the tiktok about like i hope the cat's okay any update on the cat? And he was like, this is great. I'm going to link, we're going to get you a few more views. We're going to link to this because it sounds amazing. It sounds hilarious. Please and that's do. the point of social media is like fun yeah. entertainment. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be all uh, serious and commercialized. Absolutely not. So, um, What's one thing you should never do as a home inspector? Ooh, so I've learned um, there's, there is a way to do this and I am hell bent on figuring out what it is. Um, but I would say like instinctually um, never give pricing estimates without either being informed, talking to the person who's likely to do the work um, or like having some sort of really good disclaimer. Uh, because there are lots of, you know, given my background, I know what like labor costs and material costs for the most part. So I can say like, there is a company out there who will do this for a thousand dollars. I guarantee it because I've seen it been done. Mm-hmm. And then they go and get an estimate and it's eight thousand dollars. Nobody's happy. And it just yeah, like it yeah. burns bridges, it makes you look bad, it makes the agent look bad. So we always say, like, you know, hey, if you really, really, really need an opinion, like I'm happy to give you a ballpark, but please go and find somebody to give you a real quote because like I don't want to do you a disservice. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have the amount of times I've toggled on and off the price estimate feature inspectora being like, now's the day I'm going to do it today. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to do this and I'm going to have a good disclaimer. 
Um, and yet, you know, you check with your insurance and they're like, yeah, that's fine. Like, doesn't matter. You can, you can include that. There's no issue there. And then I'm like, ah, I'm scared. I'd too scary. Out. Too scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there's a way, and I think it's related to some of this stuff I want to do running parallel. Um, uh, right now it's, that's a hard line for us. We're like, stay away from it. Um, we, we, we don't want to, we don't want to build a relationship with an agent just to have it like dashed by an upset right. homeowner who, you know, we gave bad advice to. Might be one of the least used features of all time, Inspector, is sure. the price estimator slider. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's a contractor feature. Who knows? Maybe yeah, we, yeah. in the future we build it for them. I was going to say, however, incredible feature if you're providing a service non-inspection related. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I can see how I'm going to use it there. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll end with uh, a piece of advice for new inspectors since it's yeah. not too in the distant future for you. Yeah, um, I would say two two things that have worked really well for us. Go after um, the segments of the market that it is hard to find other people to service. So for us down here, there's a lot of like a lot of mobile homes, a lot of retirement parks, things like that. Um, you have to have, especially when you're on FHA or VA loans, you have to have like engineer tie down reports. You have to do um, 203K. Yeah, you have like your little 203K consultant side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so much niche little stuff that like, I think a lot of home inspectors and myself early on, I was like, I, I think I can do all of that. And then you go and charge somebody for it and find out you can't do it. And not only are you giving money back, but now you've delayed them. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, through a number of different ways, we've been able to like get our foot in like every one of those doors. Anytime I've ever had to tell somebody over the phone, sorry, we don't do that. The second I hang up the phone, I'm like, how can we do how that? How can we do that? Yeah. And so I would say like, understand those areas where like the other home inspectors who are just doing home inspections and insurance inspections, everything they're not doing is what you should be doing. Because when you're a one-stop shop, you're going to get calls. Um, so I would say that's like my number one. Um, and then uh, the second is just, you know, uh, go after, and again, probably not the right terminology, but go after the young agents, the young and new agents. And, and lots of times that's synonymous, like young agent, they're just getting into the industry, not all the time, um, but find those agents that you can relate to on a personal level. Like, hey, we're the same age. <laughs> you know, we all immediately have something of a connection here, um, but also we intentionally uh, spend time connecting and, and searching out and connecting with agents who have like, haven't done a deal yet or have done one deal or two deals because they are very open to new relationships. Mm. So it's, it is so much easier to, you know, grab a coffee with an agent who has done one deal. It's tricky to do that with an agent who's been in the industry for 10 years. They're like, okay, I guess I'll get a coffee with you. But like, I have my guy, like, and unless yeah. you do something to impress me, like my guy's my guy. Um, and so just being able to say like, Hey, we may never do a deal together or, your first deal may be in nine months from now, but like we're here when you need us and we're going to like be in your corner on social media and we're going to like be available when you're doing those first hundred showings that lead to no offers. And you're like, I'm sick of showing my, my first time home buyer these homes, like every time it's falling through what's happening. And I'm like, have you ever thought about pulling permits before you go to your showings to see how old some of these systems are? Mm. Uh, and there, there's a bunch of agents who we, they'll text us, you know, a list of five addresses on Friday night and say, I'm going to go look at these homes with my buyer tomorrow. Can you just skim the permits and see if there's anything that like you find concerning? 
Um, and all of a sudden it like, now that list narrows a little bit for them and they know how to better like guide their client into a, a smoother transaction. So um, yeah, just being available and then, and then, you know, getting relationships with those younger, newer agents. I mean, that's a beautiful service. Do you charge for that or that's just a value add? Yeah. I, I have thought a lot about charging for it. Um, and, and be, uh, we're, we're on the early steps of like thinking about how do you monetize that? Um, and I found that like that, that service as itself at its core, isn't so much a service as it is a relationship. Mm. And if I was in their shoes, I would probably stop asking if I got an invoice every month, um, for that service. So there's, there's probably a way and there's probably a way it's done successfully. Um, but I find that that is a, uh, the, the 10 minutes of my time that it takes equals business in the long run. And that's what I care about. So love it. Playing the long game, baby. Yep. Absolutely. It's easy to say when you're in kind of three years into the long game up front, it's not easy. It's like, I need to the drop now. So yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Early on, you're just like, I just need money. Yeah. (laughs) I just need to get some business. Um, (laughs) Ryan, this was awesome, dude. I could talk to you all day. Um, I have a feeling we're going to do a part two um, in the near future on some of these topics that I, I think we could spend an hour on a few of the topics we got into, but Appreciate the time, brother. Um, I'll link to all your information where people can get a hold of you in the description. And um, appreciate the time, man. This was awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. It was great meeting you in, in uh, I say in person via, via Zoom. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Check right it off on. the bucket. All right. Appreciate you.